0: You're
1: listening to The Packernet Podcast Network
2: You ready? Showtime On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy
0: Let's do it later Let's drink a spicy margarita Make some bad decisions Yes
1: Are you crazy? You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Lee. Follow me on Twitter at JJLAHEY to stay up to date on all things Packers or to submit questions for the show. do have a question from a patron. This comes from Ken Wayne. He says, Hi JJ, some of the podcasts I listen to will mention an over and under, like how many touchdowns will Aaron pass for in the next game? with an over-under of two. I know you know what an over-under is, he says. Then the host of the podcast will have a few-minute discussion on what they think it'll be and why they think that way. Of course, it works great if the hosts each have a different opinion. For some reason, I totally geek out over these. I don't gamble, but I love to, think, I love to pick what I think will happen. I was thinking maybe you'd be interested in offering a few of these in one of your podcasts and include a link in the podcast description to something like SurveyMonkey. This would allow myself and others to engage, and if you have a binary choice, it should be easy to export the results and automate scoring the winners. I would personally geek out over this, especially if you posted results or had some kind of winner at the end of the year. Anyways, I love your podcast and thought you might find it interesting. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate the suggestion. Um, I already had a topic queued up for this week, um, but I'm going to see how I can work that in next week because I think that would be a lot of fun. Get you guys involved. Um, I always really enjoy the podcast that we do where you guys get to mark stuff down you make your predictions give your opinions and then I record it and we revisit later on in the year and see how you did um, and some of you guys are really smart <laughs> some of you should have your own Packers podcasts uh, because you guys have better predictions than I do sometimes so um, yeah I'd love to do that um, it's it's uh, it's London week. And I'm super excited about the Packers going overseas, courting new fans. Um, I have traveled pretty extensively. Uh, Been to a bunch of countries, uh, including a bunch in Europe. And it's cool to me to go over there and see people wearing Packers gear. My great-grandma, who is the reason why I'm a Packers fan, grew up in Green Bay and... She, you know, for most of her life, this was just her little small town home football team. And that's kind of just what she knew it as. And in the 90s, I think especially after we won the Super Bowl, she was really surprised and shocked. When she would travel, um, you know, like she went to China and she saw people wearing uh, Packers uh, shirts and stuff and she'd, she'd talk to them and no they, they actually were fans it wasn't just a shirt it was yeah no we, we think the Packers are a really cool team you know we got to see Brett Favre win the Super Bowl uh, that was really cool well wow, we think he's really fun I think the Packers should continue to do outreach and I know that they you know kind of had this London trip forced on them uh, because they really didn't want to give up a home game but I'm, I'm excited that it happened. I'm excited that uh, that they are going over there. I think they should do more of this kind of stuff. Um, I really do. You know, you think about like how Lil Wayne is a Packers fan because he grew up in New Orleans, and after they won the Super Bowl down there, um, you know, he had, there was all kinds of Packers Super Bowl merch that was everywhere, and and so he just grew up with that and thought it was really cool, and that's how he became a fan. And I will tell you, I became a Packers fan because my great-grandma gave me uh, Packers shirts and hoodies and blankets and hats every birthday and Christmas. I wasn't even a football kid, you know, when I was younger. But she gave me all that stuff, and so people would, would look at me and they'd say, Oh, man, are you a Packers fan? And when I was younger, my response was, uh, it's just a shirt. My, my grandma just gave it to me. But then... I kind of realized the Packers were cool. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, just started catching the game here or there and and thinking, well, I mean, I guess they're my team because I have all these shirts for them. And my love for football was growing and exploding. And the Packers were my team by default because my grandma had given me all these shirts. So it's fortunate that she didn't give me a bunch of Bears shirts or something, right? Um. But but uh, you know I didn't even get to grow up in in Wisconsin. I grew up in um, Toledo, Ohio, and I do hear from a lot of uh, Wisconsin and Green Bay, you know, local fans who have a large deal of frustration with this idea. Um, you know that it that outreach is important, or that people outside of Wisconsin can be friends or fans. I'm sorry. Um, which I think most people listening think that that's kind of a ridiculous thing to care about, but trust me, there's <laughs> folks out there who care a lot about that. And oh, you know, if you are, you know, if you live in Green Bay and you've lived here your whole life, you're a tier one fan. Uh, you know, if you just are a general Wisconsinite, you're a tier three fan, and then everybody who's outside the borders of Wisconsin, they're tier four and lower. Genuinely, I run into people who who say that kind of thing. I'm really excited because there are fans in London and and neighboring countries around the UK that are going to get to see the Packers in person, maybe for the first time ever. And we're going to hear from one right now. I am here with Phil. He is at UK Cheeseheads on Twitter. This is not his first time being on the show. Uh, We talked to him earlier in the year when the London game was announced. And now it's finally here. Phil gets to see his beloved uh, cheesy football team come across the pond to London. How excited are you and what is it like over there?
0: Um, It's exciting. I'm trying to put it into words. It's something I've been waiting a very long time for. There's a real buzz about this game. It feels like, and maybe this is biased because I'm such a big Packers fan, but this feels like Packers-Giant's it's the biggest buzz I've ever had for any game over here. The Giants are a wow. big fan base anyway, but we, well, yeah, it's going to be big and it should be loads of green and gold Sunday. And It's going to
1: be loud. So you're going to be at the game, right? And uh, we'll t- yep. t- t- tell me about uh, your plans for game day. How are you going to, how are you going to prep? How are you going to celebrate?
0: So plans for game day, I plan on, I'll be up early because I've got a young child, but I should be down at the stadium around 9am. It's a half to kick off our time. So, Get in nice and early and I'll be, they've got sort of a tailgate sort of going on around the stadium. They sort of traditionally put it on. So there's plenty of food and beverages places to go, grab a few beers, hopefully meet up with a few fans from Twitter and catch up with like plenty of American fans. Because that's one thing I noticed this weekend, just gone with Viking Saints because of COVID, we haven't had any uh, American fans come over. But mm. it was great to hear American accents again, have that passion back, and it will real, it real bring something different to game day.
1: Talk to me about a London tailgate. What kind of foods might I expect to find there?
0: Oh, all sorts. It's like, yeah, plenty of American fare, burgers, hot dogs, I had nachos this week. So very much similar that you'd have. The only difference is, is it's probably not your own barbecues that you'd have over there.
1: Nachos and American food. I think we we typically think of those as being Mexican, but I, Tex-Mex. I uh, yeah, I, I I bet you we really have uh, uh Americanized and bastardized that uh, that delicious dish into our own thing. uh How many? I mean, so so you're telling me that this feels like the biggest game ever over there? I mean, yeah. What would be like number two uh in your memory?
0: Number two. I was going through these early. I think. The big games we've had, the Giants, Dolphins are always big teams and always traveling, huge numbers. Mm. Uh, the 49ers, in fact, teams from the sort of early 90s, though those sort of Cowboys 49ers teams, they're always well-supported over here. They're sort of my age group, uh, the big fan bases. And then obviously get through the success of the Pats recently, they're always a large fan base at turnout.
1: For sure. Uh, who else is going to go see the game with you?
0: Uh I'm taking my wife, I've got my stepdads come in, I've got, I've got friends and family, I, I, I think there's about 25 people I know that I should be meeting up with in the number 8 pub, so there's a pub on the corner of Tottenham Stadium, so it's called the number 8, that's where I'm going to be before the game, so I hope to catch up with as many people as possible.
1: So Phil, this is, this is your first time seeing the Packers live, right? You have never uh, come to see them play in America. No,
0: never, I've been, this will be my 33rd NFL game I've been to but the first time
1: seeing the Packers. Wow. Well, and and how long have you been a a cheesehead?
0: I'd say from 96, 97. So, I first fell in love with this sport, mid-90s. It was Brett Favre that's the sore subject for a lot of people at the moment, I imagine. But it was his love-infused for the game. I almost see a lot of Patrick Mahomes, so as you see the game growing over here and the, the love people have for Patrick Mahomes, it's that same feeling I had for Brett Favre back in the game. He does, he does things that, that are not regular.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh man. I'm, I'm so happy for you. How just walk me through your emotions, uh, what you're feeling. I mean, I, I know when I'm just going to go see the Packers, you know, here in the US, I like, I can't stop thinking about it you know, in the weeks leading up to it, I'm like counting down the days. Like I I, I can't believe I'm going to go see him live. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you see him. It's still so exciting every time for me. I mean, I, I never lose that sense of wonder, but man, this is your first time. And you've been rooting for them for uh, honestly, as long as I've been alive, I was born in 95. So walk me through um, this. What, what are you feeling?
0: Honestly, I've been nervous up to this week. Like I couldn't think of anything worse of, an Aaron Rodgers injury and don't worry, I'd still be excited to see Jordan love play, but it's hoping that everyone came over here fit and healthy. And we had, you know, the starters were out there and we put on the best show, but it's just excitement. I've said before, it's, it's hard to put into words how ready I am to go and see this game on Sunday.
1: I'm so happy for it. All right. What are you thinking about the Packers so far this year? Uh, how mu- What's your confidence level as uh, they're rolling into what, Tottenham, right? To, to, Whoop up yeah. on the uh, the Giants, who are actually having a decent start to the season themselves.
0: Um, I think it's been a fairly slow start. There's plenty of positives from the defense and sp- special teams. Huge step forward on special teams. They don't look a liability mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, yes. The offense, the offense has got its struggles, but I'm confident. I'm confident that come late November, early December, they're going to be rolling. Like, and that's when. You want to be playing your best football going into the playoffs. You don't want to be, I think I said on Twitter earlier this week, we don't want to be the Cardinals of last year. What's the point going out six, seven and O and falling away and not even getting to the playoffs. So right. I'm confident that going forward, when it comes to playoff time, we'll be playing our best football.
1: All right. Uh, is there anything in this game that you're really hoping to see? I'll just, as an example, in, in the first live Packers game I ever got to see, um, there was a hail mary attempt and it didn't work, but I was so excited just to get to see that. Is there anything that you're like, man? If you could just do this in front of me, come on, I'd love it.
0: Uh, I think this. Uh, I'd love that one of those perfect Aaron Rodgers back f- throws, like a, a sort of post route, maybe well, sort of like a, a corner, maybe fifteen yard throw, perfect to the posts, or just an Aaron Jones, just one of those nasty cuts where he, he just takes get people out the game and just goes for a long gainer
1: all right man well in the last few weeks we've seen a few of those so i think your odds are are pretty good so man i'm so pumped for you i'm happy uh you gotta send us some pictures um everybody it's at uk cheeseheads on twitter uh we gotta see some pictures phil uh we gotta see how much you're enjoying this and just loving life and the packers so really happy for you and thanks for coming on here to uh, talk about the experience again
0: thanks jj appreciate
1: it man I just wanted to put into perspective what this game means for some people, how huge this is going to be, and uh, I I really appreciate Phil coming on to share his excitement and his enthusiasm, and one thing that you guys are missing by just hearing the audio version was the massive smile that was on his face. This man is so excited (laughs) to watch the Packers, and I'm really, really happy for him. We're going to take a quick sponsor break here and then we're going to get into my topic of the day which is how do you fix the packers
2: we all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing but they also can be amazingly distracting especially when we're around other people so u.s cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five that's right a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered.
1: Um, We're going to talk about what needs to happen if the Packers want to transform into a dominant team because this Patriots game was ugly and everybody's frustrated about it, despite the fact that it's a win. Um, And, and man, really, early on in in the year, and we've seen this over the last few years, style points don't matter, but racking up these wins... Uh, does matter. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers for example they are struggling. They lost TJ Watt Um, they had to make a quarterback change because Trubisky just wasn't getting it done. They put in Kenny Pickett. I don't think that that is the best thing for Pickett's development but what do I know? We'll see how that pans out. And I'm talking to a buddy who's a Steelers fan and we're looking at the schedule together and he's bemoaning the fact that the Steelers are probably going to start the season one and seven. Uh, just they, they have so much they have to figure out. Their offensive line is horrific. Uh, without TJ Watt, the defense is really struggling. They don't have any corners. Uh, nobody is getting any pressure in the pass rush game without TJ there. Uh, you know, Cam Hayward is taking all these double teams and nobody else is doing anything and their linebackers stink and their safeties you yeah, know, Mink is good, but um, uh, what's his butt is terrible. They're they're starting off one and seven, and it kind of doesn't matter how good they are the rest of the year because you're not going to win every other game on your schedule if you've managed to figure it out after week eight. You know, you're looking at, hey, maybe at that point we can <laughs> finish up the year nine and zero to go ten and seven and hopefully get into the playoffs. Woohoo! All right, the Packers are 3-1, and one. it has looked ugly, and the teams that they have gone up against have not been very good, but it's it's been a bit of a gauntlet as well. All right, the Bears, trash, we all knew that. But you beat Tom Brady and you beat Bill Belichick. It doesn't matter how you did it, those were two of the tougher games on your whole schedule and you survived them. You're 2-0 and through those two games. Yes, there is a lot of context to add for why maybe those are not impressive wins. Uh maybe why that doesn't give you confidence for later in the season, but the wins do matter. Starting off 3 and 1 is huge because you can still figure things out. You can still improve. The Packers Here's the crazy thing. If if you ask anybody, what are the Packers' good at what are they bad at everybody would point all the fingers toward the offense as being the problem but if you look at pff and look at where the team is graded all the good grades are over on the offense uh offense overall 74.1 sorry uh 74.8 passing 75.3 pass blocking 63.8 receiving is 73.1 Running is 83. Then you look over at at the defense, 62.9 overall defense, 41.3 run defense, 56.2 tackling. Special teams still only at 48.8. So I did leave out a couple of grades. Uh, The pass rush is good for the Packers, 73.8, but it's not as good as their offensive passing. It's also not as good as their receiving. Their coverage is sitting at 71.3, which actually is uh, 1.8 points lower than the offensive receiving. The offense is better than their defense according to the grades. Now that doesn't really match your eye test, does it? But it does mean that on a down-to-down basis, if you're looking for consistency over the course of every single snap, More players are doing their job on offense consistently than they are on defense. And there's a few guys on defense who just flat out suck right now. Yeah, the offense is not getting it done yet so far. They have put up 27 points in two games and then uh, failed to crack uh, more than 14 in their other two contests. But I think the pieces are there offensively a little bit question whether we have all the pieces we need on defense. But what I want to do is just run through the list real quick and cover what needs to get better in order for this team to really start to be dominant. Because so far, I think that the team overall has looked kind of subpar. And if you get too micro and you're looking at uh, just the Packers really closely and you're not, turning that uh, scrutiny on other teams in the league, it's easy to judge the Packers too harshly and then get really discouraged about what the season can be. If you look around the league, there are, um, let's see, uh, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NFL.com, Pro Football Talk, which is uh, Mike Florio, uh, CBS Sports, The Ringer, Thirty Thirteen. All right, Uh, they have lists of of who they would rank as the uh, top 10 teams in the NFL right now. Packers appear at uh, six, four, four, four. That last one was uh, Mike Florio. You know he hates the Packers, but he's got them at four behind the Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs. Four from CBS. Um, 12th by the 33rd team.com and third by the ringer. What the heck are you talking about? The Packers aren't that good. Have you been watching the other teams around the league? Have you been seeing how many teams are struggling? Everybody's got problems. Everybody has massive deficiencies in their game, except for apparently the Eagles um, and then seemingly for a while the, uh, the the Bills, although I think that's coming down to earth slightly, but I still would say they're extremely talented. I think the Packers largely have what it takes to become a great team, and you'll recall all offseason I was saying I thought eh, it might be the first four to six games of the season might be a slow start for the offense. We're getting into that window where they need to start really looking good and putting up Crucial points. Um, yeah, the Patriots have a good defense, but I think 24 points in regulation against them clearly just isn't enough. Um, but there are a lot of missing points from the offense over the first four weeks due to really stupid mistakes and in turnovers, including a pick six from Aaron Rodgers, a fumble into the end zone by Aaron Jones. Um, Uh, two uh, bad snaps slash handoffs in the Bears game that uh, really put them, uh, you know, killed really promising drives. I think that if the Packers were playing cleaner football and not making so many mistakes, which you're going to have a lot of the time with a bunch of young players, I think that the box score would look a lot differently and we would feel like, man, this offense really just has not missed a beat without Devontae Adams. Certainly way too many three and outs, certainly way too much punting, and way too many turnovers and stupid mistakes, but I think they have the pieces largely. So one of the questions that I received on Twitter from a listener, this is uh, Jack Farrell on Twitter, he wanted to know if I thought that Elton Jenkins would be better at left guard. I do think he'd be better at left guard, but is that the answer? Uh, There's a lot of reasons why you could point to him being bad right now at at right tackle. I think he has been bad. Um, I think that uh, tackle probably is a a much more um, athletic position than guard. And and with him being limited coming off of his injury, you could see where maybe that would hurt his uh, ability to play tackle. Whereas maybe he could still be better. Uh, on the inside, this is something I talked about a lot during the offseason. or the off season. If you kicked him inside, would that help the offensive line? Maybe. Um, I, I saw people asking if we could pick up any vets. You know, should we put Yash at right tackle and put Elton at left or right guard? I think that any of that kind of shuffling maybe is going to boost you just a little bit here or there. But the real answer is. Elton has to play better. There isn't more help coming. The roster is what it is. There are guys who need to need to play better. And I think, for the most part, the coaching has been pretty good. The play calling has been really good. I, you know, there a lot of people who were whining about uh, Joe Barry's uh, decision making against the Patriots. His, um the uh, decision to play a lot of zone against the Vikings. But I really think that the coaching and the play calling has been pretty much phenomenal on on all three phases. And when we've had problems, it's been guys being inconsistent, guys not doing their job. So Elton Jenkins has to play better. David Bakhtiari has to play better. Josh Myers has to play better. This is where the offensive line is going to get better. There is no help coming. This is the best lineup of guys that you could have. All right. Do you want to get Royce out of there and put Yash in as as your fifth guy instead and shuffle things around with Yash on the outside? I don't think that Yash is a uh, significantly better football player than Royce. Royce has been pretty darn good at right, right guard. He really has. Is this shuffle going to fix the offensive line? I think it could improve it a bit because I always was of the opinion that Elton should be on the inside, but guys have to play better. If the offensive line starts playing better, if these two tackles continue to heal and recover and get back into football shape, that's going to be the biggest thing. That's going to push the needle forward for the offense. I think continuing to develop Romeo Dobbs, get him to uh, do a better job of holding on to the football all right, coach him up on how he should be holding the football at all times because he's getting way too loose with that thing. But get him to hold on to the football better and get the football in his hands more often. I, I, I think Romeo needs to be wide receiver one for the year. I, Alan Lazard is doing a, a good job, I think, but I think Romeo is the guy. I don't know what Christian Watson can do. You know, he he uh, sure he stretches the field, uh, stretches the defense. That's great. I, I really don't think Christian Watson is a very good football player. He's a freak athlete for sure. But he he needs to play better, and Rodgers needs to get the ball in his hands. I, I, it's frustrating to me to feel like these jet sweeps really are about the only thing you can do with him because if you try and hit him deep, the guy can't haul it in. Okay, We're hearing all these reports about Romeo uh, working with the jugs machine, machine all day, catching hundreds of passes from it. Take Christian Watson with you, all right? <laughs> uh, he needs to, he needs to learn how to track those deep balls. I don't know if he can do it, but he needs to. But getting uh, Romeo in there, look, he's your dude. Romeo is your dude for 2022. And then you have to stop turning the freaking ball over on offense. This is how you fix the offense. Quit coughing the ball up. The New Orleans Saints have, have the most uh, negative turnovers at 11. The Colts and the Rams, Patriots and Jets are all at 9. The Falcons are at 8. Then we get to the first team that I think is actually good, and that's the Buffalo Bills. They're sitting at 7. Tied with 7 is Chicago Bears, another crap team. The Steelers, a crap team. The Commanders, a crap team. And the Green Bay freaking Packers, seven turnovers. They have four fumbles. That's just fumbles lost. We're not talking about fumbles that they've recovered, which I can think of at least two to throw on there, which would put you at nine times that you've coughed the ball up. Uh, they have three turn uh, three interceptions, including a pick six. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, three. And uh, if you look at Their differential, the Packers, are sitting at minus three. They also are losing downs to Stupid Mistakes. Roger seems to be doing a really good job with the deep ball, and I think his intermediate ball is pretty good. And for some reason, when he's just trying to hit a guy in the flats, it's like hit or miss whether it's going to be on the money or six feet off, and I don't get it. But these are easy things to clean up. This is not a talent issue. You look at the Chicago Bears um, in all phases of the ball. You look at the Lions on defense. It's depressing because there's nothing you can do to fix it. The only thing they can do is just hope that their crappy players get less crappy. The Packers just need their elite players to play elite consistently instead of every few plays doing something really stupid that just burns you. So my keys to fixing the offense largely comes down to blocking, especially pass blocking. I think they're doing a good enough job in run blocking, which makes me really happy after how crappy the run blocking was a year ago. But their pass blocking needs to get better. And, you know, for the most part, these guys are, are doing okay um, on a snap-to-snap snap snap basis. But the problem is you got too many times where – a dude will just take one rep off and doesn't matter. The other four guys are all doing their job. You got one guy who's not blocking anything and you got a, a pass rusher flying through right in Aaron's face and he can't let any of the plays develop and he's got to throw it away. Aaron, I think has been playing really well. I understand the frustrations with him. I think that you can probably find three or four quarters total already in his uh, first four games where, Really, he was uh, super rattled. I, th- I think it's interesting the perception from a lot of people uh, between the Buccaneers and the Patriots game where I thought that he looked really rattled against the Bucks, and I thought that his passes were off a lot of the time. I didn't really see that so much with the Patriots and uh, most other Packers commentators said kind of the opposite. But I think that we can agree that over the course of the two games, He looked rattled and inaccurate too often. Elton and Bakhtiari have to start playing better because you need your best players to be your best players. And right now we're getting a very subpar version of Elton Jenkins and a still not great version of David Bakhtiari. Yes, I have a lot of grace for them because they're coming back from injuries. They're not in football shape, but it has to get fixed by the end of the season or you're not going anywhere. And we have a rough slate of games coming up. Now, I really like the grittiness of this team overall. They're winning a lot of close games. that go down to the wire because they're tough. They have a winning mentality. They really want it. They don't give up at the end of the game. That's huge. That makes me excited. I really like what I'm seeing out of Aaron Rodgers as a leader so far. He's taking a lot of risks with the ball, and I think he's doing it because his mentality is in the right place. He is all in on these young guys and on trying to win these games and he's doing it uh, as a member of the team. I like that he's taking risks on some of his throws to these guys. Um, I think maybe there's a uh, nice balance you can find between (laughs) forcing the ball uh, and getting picked off and not trusting your guys at all. I think there is a balance there, but I like the way that he's really getting in there with the guys. And I think that that's a big part of why the team is, is finding success here the first four weeks, despite all their mistakes. Are they going to bring somebody in? Are they going to bring OBJ in? For the first time, I'm starting to think, yeah, they actually might. We'll have to see if and when Sammy Watkins comes back. Uh, but Odell is expressing interest. Aaron is expressing interest. I think it is more likely to happen than not to happen. But I also don't know that it needs to happen. I think that uh, bringing in Odell could be a boost for the offense, but I think that um, featuring Romeo more and more might be a bigger boost to the offense right now. Matt LaFleur is doing a fantastic job of um, alternating his his play calling, uh, leaning on the run, mixing things up, being creative. It reminds me a lot of uh, the 2019 offense. On the defensive side of the ball, again, I really don't have problems with Joe Barry's play calling. I think it's been good. I have a lot of problems with the way guys can't wrap up and tackle. <laughs> Should I just not compliment them anymore when they do a good job on tackling? Because they were great in week three, and I heaped praise on them for the way that they uh, tackled against Leonard Fournette and all the uh, Buccaneers players. One week later, they're back to their old habits. This was horrific run defense. And I know the Patriots are good at running the ball. I know that they had 6-0 linemen in for a big chunk of the game. That does not explain why I'm seeing Preston Smith get pushed backwards six or seven yards by Ramondre Stevenson, of all people. Do the Packers need to bring in another edge rusher? Yes, absolutely they do. They're not getting anything out of anybody not named Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. And they're hardly getting anything out of Preston Smith right now. Preston Smith has a 33 tackling grade. His overall grade is a 60. He does have 12 pressures and three sacks. Uh, That's fantastic. Love it. He also has a 25% missed tackle rate. Am I mad at Preston? No, this is... You know, this is uh, about, I guess, what I was expecting from him on the season. He does need to play better. We also need to give Rashawn and Preston a bit of a breather. They can't be out there for 60 minutes of football. The other thing is, again, and we knew this in the offseason, they need more safety help. You lose Adrian Amos uh, a few plays into the game against the Patriots, and he was, I mean, he was electric leading up to his concussion. He was a dude who you could feel on the field. Then he got hurt, and you could feel the loss. Now, I'm not mad at Rudy Ford. I thought Rudy Ford did a really good job. But when, but there was a noticeable drop-off from Adrian Amos to Rudy Ford. Uh, Darnell has good plays and bad plays, but you can't have just two safeties. We knew that. You also can't have two pass rushers. We knew that. They need to go find some pass rush help. Who should they go get? I don't know. That's why we have a GM, to go scout and find guys like he found Devandre and Rasul last year, like he found Whitney Merciless last year. You got to go find somebody. We need help at edge rusher. Jonathan Garvin isn't doing anything. Tipa hasn't even played. I'm not even kidding. He has not taken a single snap. The only, There's only four edge rushers who have played. The other two guys are Garvin and Anagbar. And a Nagbar has logged 48 snaps. Garvin has logged 40. Preston and Roshan are both pushing 200 snaps right now. We have to get a third guy out there. Absolutely have to. The Packers are doing really well on special teams right now. You know, judging or grading it on a, a curve of Green Bay special teams. This is good enough special teams. I think Amari is not great, but he's good enough. The rest of the team is... Good enough, you saw um, issues from the special teams um, uh, against the Patriots, but I think a big part of that was that Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon were playing defense, so they weren't really on special teams as much, especially Rudy Ford. It was noticeable. If the Packers' defense can get better play from its safeties, if they can learn how to stop the run and tackle like they did a week ago, So, yay, we are one for for four on the season of games where we are tackling adequately. If they can do that, this is a team that can go places. They have all the pieces. We see the offense humming for a a drive or two at a time. We are seeing issues with what happens when the opposing defense makes adjustments and tries to take away what's been working. We have seen the Packers struggle sometimes for a kind of a long time until later in the game when they can figure out some new stuff to get going again. That's something that I think they can figure out. I'm not super nervous about that. I think that you look at at the way that the offense has been putting up points. It has been steadily getting better over the course of the year. I think it's going to continue to get better. And I think that continuing to feature Romeo in there, maybe bring in some outside help in Odell. Maybe you get Sammy Watkins back. I think that they have all the pieces they need. The offensive line has to play better. The defensive line has to play better. The safeties has to play better. And Devondre Campbell has been pretty awful. He needs to play better. Rasul Douglas kind of really only shows up when he's playing on the boundary. And since Jair is hurt right now, we're seeing more of Rasul on the boundary. So, I don't know. Is that a positive I think it's a bit of a wash to me, but he's been a liability on the inside. Tom Brady is excellent for opposing defenses to take notes from because he goes after your weakest link, and he was picking on Rasul all day long. And again, I think the biggest thing the Packers have going for them is that the division is really weak right now. The Vikings look terrible. The Bears, one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Lions have the best offense and literally the worst defense. It's crazy. The NFC overall, I think is really manageable. Uh, The Buccaneers don't quite look like themselves. We already managed to beat them once. The Eagles are, I mean, a fantastic team right now, but again, I think they, we match up well with them because they don't do the things that we struggle with. And they are really good at the stuff that we are really good at beating. So, I'm not nervous about the Eagles. I think it's it's the Eagles and it's the 49ers. And, man, anybody around the league would look at the 49ers team and tell you what kind of problems they have. The Packers have all the pieces they need. They can put this together. But the help really has to come from within. And it's not coaching. It's the players. The players have to play better. There's a few guys who are supposed to be our superstars who are not doing their jobs. And I'm not looking at the young guys and and feeling frustrated with where they are. I'm looking at the guys who are supposed to be the foundational key pieces of this team. Our two premier tackles. Uh, This defensive line for us that was supposed to be like the the backbone of our team. I was hyping them up so much in the offseason. And they've been terrible, especially in run defense. It's kind of Rashawn, a little bit of Kenny, and like nobody else. The safeties were supposed to take a big jump and get back to where they have been every year except for last year. I don't know what's going on with them. We've got to get Sam back on here to give us another update now that it's been a few more games. Uh, get him to analyze what is going wrong with the safeties still. But they've been bad. I think Devondre has been really, really, really bad. And so has Rasul. I think one of those two guys at a minimum needs to get back to playing adequate football. That's really all it takes. The team really is close. The offense should be putting up more points, but they're not because they are turning the ball over instead, turning the ball over like in really good spots too. you know, literally fumbling the ball into the end zone. I don't think they were going to score a field goal on that drive. That was going to be a touchdown. If Aaron Jones didn't just literally let go of the ball and throw it on the ground and AJ Dillon, he's kind of had one good week so far this year. Again, he's supposed to be one of our superstars. So I'm not nervous about the Packers long-term for this season. I think it's really encouraging and exciting that through the first four weeks, they've only dropped one game. And I think that's a, kind of about what you would have thought through that stretch. It just kind of surprises you which game they dropped. But to be 3-1 and one after playing two division rivals, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, absolutely fantastically exciting. That's a a wonderful spot for them to be in for the course of the season. And they just need their best players to start playing like their best players because everybody else is doing their job. And that's enough. I think that they have what it takes. The help just has to come from within with these guys choosing to play better. That's going to do it for me today. Uh, Patreon.com slash JJ if you want to support the show, want to continue sending questions. You all have a fantastic day, and I'll talk to you guys next week here on the PackerNet Podcast Network.